You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or batteries for your trail cameras, Interstate Batteries has the batteries for your everyday life. Stop into a local retail location. They have thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Or go and visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am your host, Parker McDonald, and we have got a killer show for you today. It's uh, with Slade Johnson from Trips for Trade. Now, I don't want you to think this is a product push uh, podcast, because it's not. Conversation revolves around turkey hunting. We're going to talk about Trips for Trade, which is Slade's, uh, Slade's business that he's doing that is pretty freaking cool and i think you guys will find a lot of value in it and you it'll get your it'll get your wheels turning on uh how you might be able to take advantage of this and uh you know potentially make your dreams come true with uh within the hunting space or whatever basically the premise of trips for trade is that you swap uh trips you swap hunts with you down here a lot of us have access and resources to good whitetail properties or turkey properties or even a condo on the beach you know if you have something like that there's people in other places with different resources that are uh, looking for those type of things looking for those type of trips and um, you're going to hear a whole lot more about it in this in this episode with Slade but uh, it's really good worth listening to also Slade and his team just completed the world record slam and uh (laughs) story is pretty freaking awesome and we're going to talk about that we start out with that story i think you guys will enjoy that that's on turkeys they shot a uh eastern a osceola rio and a merriam all in under 46 hours uh one guy shot them all in under 46 hours through the resources that they had through trips for trade and so uh it's really good episode but before we get into that i want to take a brief moment just to thank our partners and uh, the, the, the companies that make this show possible. And uh, we'll start out with Scree Gear. ScreeGear.com. You can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND and that will save you a little bit off of your purchase. You've heard us talk about it before in the last uh, couple months, but they have released a new pattern called Solus and it's awesome. I think you guys will like it, especially uh, for turkey hunting. I'm excited about it for turkey hunting because it has got a little bit more darker pattern and uh, not so much not so much whites and that kind of skyline type look that's great for elevated positions uh, while you're deer hunting it's going to be great for turkey hunting as well so go and check out screegear.com use the code southern ground that'll save you a little bit off your order you can also check out newcanoe.com as a lot of you know i love hunting with my kayak and new canoe makes that process even easier with Really, all their kayaks you can you can utilize them for hunting, and they're going to be better than just about anything else on the market. But specifically, the Frontier 12 and the Frontier 10 uh, have awesome weight capacities. 
you have the ability to put on outboard motors, which I do for sure. And uh, just a really good, versatile way to hunt using water access. They've also just released the Unlimited, which I've used this turkey season. It's an awesome boat. I cannot wait to get on the water for fishing with it because I think it's uh, going to be a much better fishing platform than even the Frontier is. But it's also awesome for, uh, for hunting as well. I put my motor on it, went to Tennessee this past week, used it a lot. It's just a, a really cool kayak so you can check that out at newcanoe.com you can also check out tetherednation.com for everything saddle hunting from the ground up you've got climbing sticks you've got saddles you've got platforms knee pads freaking ropes you got everything that you would ever need to saddle hunt with the exception of a bow or a rifle you got everything that you would ever need to saddle hunt from tetherednation.com these guys are killing it in the saddle hunting world not only are they killing it and coming out with great products seems like every day i'm hearing about something new that they've come out with but they're also good guys they're honest they're awesome people and uh i think i think you'll like pretty much everything you get from them i i have enjoyed everything that i've ever gotten from tethered and uh i, I don't think it'll be any different for you guys so go check them out at tetherednation.com and last but not least Spartan Forge. Now, I want to tell you guys that I have received some uh, leaked information as a, a, a member of the Spartan Forge team, and it's awesome. So they've released some some new things that are going to be involved in the uh, the Outfitter program through Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is something that I wish I had for turkey season, but it right now it's for deer, and it uses uh, basically AI technology to predict deer movement but it's more uh it's more detailed than just that it's not gimmicky i know it probably sounds gimmicky with me saying it but it's not it is very accurate they use data points from all across the country and i mean i'm talking hundreds of thousands of data points from all across the country different studies that have been done on white-tailed deer on individual white-tailed deer with uh with tracking devices and things like that you they're using all of this uh that all this data and putting it into this program to help you just really decide where you're going to hunt on a specific day given the current conditions that you have it's going to use all of that stuff and tell you what deer would typically do during that uh that condition they're in that scenario and i'm telling you even in the beginning stages this past deer season when i was using it it was very accurate and uh, my, my season was really good this year. I'm not going to say it was great because I used Spartan Forge um, because that sounds gimmicky again. But I can tell you that it was incredibly accurate and it uses these data points to, uh, to help you figure out where deer is going to be at and what they're going to be doing typically in your area during that time. It uses rut phases, uses all that kind of stuff and basically just compiles that into one place where you can uh, really take advantage of your limited time in the woods. Like most of us, I'm sure you've got limited time, you've got a job, you've got a family, you've got all that stuff. You want to take advantage of those limited times in the woods, and Spartan Forge is a great way to do that. And here's the best part. You can save 25% off your Spartan Forge membership. And what you pay right now will be what you pay forever, no matter how much new stuff they come out with what you pay right now will be what you pay forever and if you use the code southern ground at checkout you will receive 25 percent off of that 
order. So go and check them out, SpartanForge.ai. I don't think you'll be disappointed. So let's get into this episode with Slade Johnston of Trips for Trade. All right, everybody, I am really excited. This episode has been a long time coming uh, because I met our guest probably nearly two years ago uh, at, I believe we were at Avondale Brewing in Birmingham and uh, got to show this guest what saddle hunting is all about in the middle of downtown Birmingham on a tiny little shrub tree hanging upside down on a saddle. But we have got Slade Johnston from Trips for Trade on the show. Slade, how is it going, buddy? Man, it's going great. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on, man. Uh, but yeah, that that showed me this. You made me a believer out of the saddle. Now, the first time I even heard the word saddle before, and uh, and watching watching what you did on that little tiny tree. I mean, man, it uh, it definitely changed my perspective. <laughs> it was funny. I can imagine what people were thinking driving by. I mean, like <laughs> we're literally in like downtown Hipsterville at a brewery you know in the middle of the afternoon like probably what five o'clock five o'clock traffic people are getting off their <laughs> off their office job work and driving down the road and there's some couple rednecks up there hanging from trees <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I bet the saddle saddle sales you know did well that day <laughs> I, I hope so i feel like i did my part that day anyway especially showing it to, right. a, to a guy of your uh of your influence you have uh developed this this company that we're going to talk about today trips for trade that has man just seems like it's it's taken off but before we get into that slate if you don't mind just uh just kind of introduce yourself tell us a little tell the, the listeners a little bit about who you are um where you're from how you got into hunting just kind of stuff like that yeah so um, growing up, I'm, I'm originally from, uh, Butler, Alabama, a small, small little town in, in West Alabama and, um, grew up on a farm. Very blessed, man. My, my grandfather and, um, uh, really spent every spare dollar he had. If he wasn't spending it on the family or, you know, giving back to the church, he was spending it on property and land. And, uh, so kind of grew up with, you know, really didn't realize how, you know, how, how fortunate we were to just kind of be able to fish in the ponds or, or hunt something almost, you know, every weekend. And even sometimes he checked me out of school with buck fever. You know, it was, it was <laughs> getting, getting outdoors every chance I could get. So I grew up in it, man. And it was, it was just kind of in my blood. And, um, and my grandfather was, you know, super passionate about turkey hunting. That was his favorite and, and really instilled that in me. And, um, you know, he was, he was pretty well known in the area, just kind of a little local legend. And again, didn't realize what I had at the time and wish I could go back. He, he's, he, he passed away when, uh, in 2012, but that, I wish I could go back and soak up all that knowledge that I didn't realize I was getting exposed to, but, but man, that kind of my grandfather, both my grandfathers, and my dad had me outdoors that, that really started my passion for, for hunting and, um, joy fishing as well. And moved on from, uh, high school to, to university of Alabama for college and, um, stuck around for grad school and, um, and then kind of going into grad school, had some ideas, um, I'll tell a little bit more about our story about how trips for trade started, but, um, ended up going full time with trips for trade and, and turning down, a uh, actually turned down an offer with Walmart at their headquarters and, um, knew I wanted to be in the industry and was passionate 
about this startup and so went all in on it and and now here we are several i guess about four years later now and um since graduation and it's it's, it's been great man just trying to grow and love connecting people and um and i think this is you know kind of my calling man just connect to people that are that are like-minded and um help people have great experiences well you you know i, I don't want guys to tune out thinking that this is just going to be a a a product push type podcast because it's definitely not that we're going to talk about some real good turkey hunting stuff because uh, that's that's your bread and butter man the, i know you love it and that's kind of where this whole idea for this company started and um yeah but i don't want people to i don't want people to tune out thinking that we're just trying to push product because this product is really freaking awesome like i'm, I'm not just pushing it it it, it helps other people like it helps you guys who are listening um you'll hear more about it here in just a little bit but i don't want you to tune out because i think if if you're interested in something like this it could it can really 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 work for your benefit it's not just it's not and it's not even just a product necessarily it's a it's it's just a really cool idea so i'm not going to give too much away (laughs) Um, but you're talking about your grandfather and uh, i saw a picture that you posted i believe after you killed a turkey this season in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken, and you stopped by, uh, it looked like you stopped by his his, uh, his his grave and you left a turkey feather there. And I thought, is that right? Was that your grandfather's, uh, was that where he was buried at? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of our, our tradition. And um, and definitely, it, not not always, can't always make it happen on birds out of state, but, or, but when we're at the farm and, anybody we take for their take hunting on the farm if you harvest a bird the, the first place we're going is um is to his grave which is you know in a little graveyard on, on our property and um and we always kind of just honor him and and thank him for for uh you know teaching us and preparing the land and um just kind of a little tribute to him and, and his legacy there man that's just so cool i know i i've thought about you know just just times when uh, maybe my, I, I crossed paths with somebody who I didn't realize was as knowledgeable about something as I, as they actually were. And once I learned that, I'm like, man, I wish I would have just spent more time, really <laughs> dug deeper into that. And I know it hits, it hits a lot harder when it's your grandfather. Um, uh, but I, I had somebody yeah. tell me a long time ago, like when you're in an elevator with a whole bunch of people have a conversation because chances are somebody in that elevator knows something that you don't. And I thought, Absolutely. man, that's, I love that. that's so good. Most people just pass by people every day when you could be soaking up knowledge. And that's, man, that's definitely the case. I know it's a new generation of outdoorsmen and hunters and, and things like that. And we, we kind of younger generation or the newer generation kind of pokes fun at some of the old timers doing their stuff. But, Man, those guys have so much knowledge that if we could just learn to take that in, I think we'd all be better off. I really do. And uh and and especially man when it comes to turkey hunting. There's something about the old the old timers that turkey <laughs> hunt, man, they just they know they've done forgot more about turkey hunting than I'll ever know, I feel like. They're just so much smarter when it comes to these birds. And uh and I know you're That's I know right. you're, you're grateful for that and having the time that you did get to have with your grandfather. It sounds like he left y'all a pretty cool little property to, to hunt birds on. Yeah. 
Definitely did, man. Just, just again, just super, super thankful and, and fortunate there. And that's something that we just try to share with so many people. I mean, I, I, as we were kind of talking beforehand, I, I've been on one hunt for myself this year and every other hunt I hadn't missed, but I think two days all season and every other hunt we've been just taking people and, and trying to try to have those great experiences with other people and, and just share it. You know, I think that's, as you mentioned that, you know, for us, we, we just believe in helping other people uh, to get outdoors and, and just like sharing that with other people. So you spent today in the last, in this, this past weekend hunting with some pretty well known uh, people, especially here in the South, but I mean, it's gone way further past that here in the last couple of years. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your weekend that you had this weekend. Yeah. So we've, uh, got to be really good buddies with, uh, BJ Davis and, and Birmingham. And, um, he has, um, suburban bow hunter and, um, and then also, uh, Lee Ellis with seek one out of Atlanta. And they, uh, they've been doing a little bit more hunting in Alabama this year. And, um, and BJ was trying to put them on a bird and, we um, just was chatting with them when I got back in town. We just did a big trip this last week and uh, got back into Birmingham and heard BJ was in town. I mean, heard Lee was in town, so right over there. And they were talking about this turkey that that had been whooping them this week, and uh, they had named him Big Pimpin. So we were, I was like, well, man, if y'all got room, I'll tag along in the morning see if see if we can, uh, you know, figure out a strategy on this bird. And sure enough, we we finally, you know, should have killed the bird. We had him at probably 50 yards just the other side of this hilltop and, and we put out some decoys and i think just ultimately he didn't uh we called him a long ways probably 300 yards and uh you know it was we iced him for about 10 minutes and then when the next gobble he was at 50 yards you know it was a safety off it's on it's about to happen and then he goes silent next thing we know he's you know 100 yards to our left going another way putting and so i think he uh i think he saw the decoys but but man, that was uh, it's been fun. I, we tried him again this morning. It was silent. And I think we're gonna give him one more run in the morning and see if we can make it happen. What do you think? Uh, just kind of bringing a little bit of tactic into here. I know for new turkey hunters, it always seems like, at least when I first started, that decoys were a necessity, and now they're kind of. I, I pretty much don't even take them at all. Um, what's your What's your thoughts on on using decoys? Not not whether or not they're okay to use or whatever. I know a lot of people are having that conversation, but just as far as their effectiveness. Yeah. Man, I think it's it's just so situational for me. Uh, if you know the terrain, it helps tremendously. If I don't, I typically take them in, and half the time don't end up using them. Um, you know, for I think if you're flat, like some of our property back home is is super flat and. You, you don't have those heels that you can uh, kind of use to your advantage. And, and so decoys can help you. Um, but like where we were in Birmingham, um, some of, some of the city limit birds there, those heels are, are, are pretty serious. So what, what I would have preferred, I, you know, I think what, what our plan was, so we did this morning, what our plan is tomorrow is just going in without decoys and, and just kind of using those heels to our advantage, trying to just call them right to the top so that they peek over and, and, and they're looking and, you know, it's going to be a quick deal. If it happens, you know, it's not going to be necessarily the best show for footage, but, um, but I think if you can, if you got some terrain that you can use, um, just kind of that art of deception, you can, you can pull them in and, and work them. And, and there's, you just take out that variable of, are they going to like the decoys or not? I mean, we've, you know, we've probably all had hunts where the decoys are just gave you the most incredible hunt you've ever been on. Cause they came in there strutting and fighting and, um, and, you know, not paying you a bit of attention and, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of 50, 50. It depends on the time of the year and the situation. It might, 
it might scare them off or whether the bird's dominant or not it might might spook them so um so yeah like i said i guess to answer your question just just pretty situational and i uh i think if, it just kind of depends if you're filming the decoys can help but but you just it just end of the day it's, it's still a gamble on whether it's going to bump that bird or not yeah what's your decoy no- setup normally look like in the in the scenario that you do use them uh do you have one that you stick to for, or is that pretty much situational as well for alabama i'm i'm pretty much a, a jake set right behind a, a hen kind of like to have them really facing me so that the gobbler can come up from behind on the jake um i found that to be pretty effective with uh with, with with our Alabama setups now, if you go out west, we, you know, a, a strutter with a fan is is you know it's basically game over. It just it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, that that Jake on the hen is my my Alabama setup typically. Okay, that's good to know. I know, like for me, I don't use them a lot, and I haven't used them much in the past. Even I think I've killed maybe one turkey over a decoy, and um. And that may have been, I think that was like my second, my second Eastern that I ever killed was over a decoy. And that was because it was raining and I was sitting in a blind on a field. And so, yeah. you know, it was one of those, it was one of those type situations where it, it just kind of made, made more sense that way. But, yeah, um, no doubt. but I had, you know, other than that, I have not really, really used one a whole lot in the past. And, uh, but I do have that advantage of terrain like you're talking about you know most of the places i hunt are are pretty steep you know and and you use the terrain to your advantage more than anything and hopefully by the time you see that turkey he's in gun range that's the that's the ultimate goal you know you want you want to be able to to use that terrain to your advantage that's good to know man i mean i know a lot of guys listening to this don't really know i like like i said i haven't used them a ton in the past so when it comes to setting them up one of the thing that I'm not ever thinking about is the direction of them. You know, I just kind of set them out wherever that, wherever I decide to put them at and, and <laughs> just hope it works. But that makes a whole lot of sense, especially coming from somebody who's seen them, you know, you, you kind of know how they will approach a decoy if they're going to approach it. And uh, so that makes a, a whole lot of sense. But you mentioned out West, you mentioned hunting out West and they can be a little bit different. I know you just recently this past week, uh, I believe set a world record when it comes to turkey hunting. Is that correct? It is, man. It was uh, it was an incredible trip. Tell us about it, dude. I'm I'm excited to hear about this because all I've seen is <laughs> Facebook posts and a lot of dead turkeys. So um, <laughs> I want to know how this worked. I want to know the logistics. I want to know that what the record was and kind of just just give everybody who doesn't know kind of just a brief uh summary of what the goal was what the objective was and then kind of what happened yeah so i guess to kind of get back to the origin of the story uh a year ago we were at uh, i got at one of our investor and in, in trips trades farm um out in auburn alabama and um we were sitting around camp one night just talking about hunting and all and we're like we need to do the grand slam uh in the spring and and then it was like, well, let's see, let's see how fast we can do it. Let's see who's done it the fast. I'd always heard, I think like Eddie Salter had done it in four or five days. And, um, and so originally it was like, I wonder if we can do it in, you know, in three days. And so we had called up a connection at the NWTF and got them to search the records and 
found out that uh, a guy named Jeff Buds, which is is obviously one of the best turkey hunters in the in the world. I mean, he's he holds more slams than anybody else. I think a hundred and something grand slams. Just guy's an incredible turkey hunter. It's what he does for a living. And um, and they had they had done it one year in in forty six hours. And um, Blake with TSS shot had, had, was with him, and I think his was forty seven hours. And so we're kind of like blown away a little bit. Like, man, this is this is a little bit quicker than we thought. Like, you know, to do this, it might have to be in under 36 hours. And so we kind of started looking at it and then COVID hit. And, um, and that was like, well, we're, you know, things are just crazy. It's like, let's, let's look at doing it next year. So this year rolled around and, um, and John was, um, was pretty excited about it and I'm, I'm fired up about it. So we started putting the plan together and he had a connection in Florida that, um, he called up and, Call, and he was down to to do a swap you know we were going to set it up as the as a as a swap instead of like paying outfitters and um he was going to swap a, a deer hunt at his farm in auburn for a turkey hunt in florida for osceola and which, and which then, uh, let me I interrupt call, you real quick slade that that is pretty important to what we're going to talk about here in just a little bit about your your business so keep that in mind listeners when he talks about swapping that has a lot to do with trips for trade uh, that you're going to learn about here just a little bit. I just want to lay that out there so people are like, swap, what the heck is that, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of our, our origin. That's how I met John. It's, it's, it's John Casmus for uh, for reference there. He's he's a very accomplished businessman, entrepreneur, and um, and then hunter, just a, a, a really great hunter. And um, his, his kind of, what he's well known for is, is Zoe's Kitchen, for anybody kind of in the southeast that, that might have eaten there, that was, restaurant that he took and and sold and and did well with and so anyways we're we're planning this trip and he called uh, a guy out of florida and and kind of lined up a swap with him and then i connected him with one of our guys one of our members in kansas and um and then a guy one of our members in south dakota or had a spot in south dakota and um and so talked with them about what we want to do and and they were all for doing a trade at, at john's farm as well and um and so we lined it up man that was that was kind of the first thing is we we needed to have the places that we felt constant could could have the birds to do this quickly and john's got an incredible farm there in alabama and um and so that was kind of the four places we need and and then we're we're thinking on it and john's like you know you know we really need to make this let's let's do this where we're giving back you know let's don't just make it about a record and um you know that'll be fun to get everybody excited about it but more importantly let's let's try to give back with this so um, we decided to give back to the NWTF, make them the benefactor of this deal. And and so how we set it up is basically we got, I think, 35 different companies, just well-known companies like Foyt, Mossy Oak, and Badlands, and um, Gunner Kennels, and Yeti, and a, a lot of these really big brands that uh, kind of gave them the pitch of what we we're doing and got them to donate products. And I think we had a little, right now, we, we have a little over twenty, twenty-three, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 in products that were going to raffle off and um and basically just said hey we're trying to do the world record which we're, we're, our goal was 36 hours we're going to try to kill four turkeys in four different states in 36 hours um to set the world record and then but to, to make it fun and get people engaged we're going to we we said we'd let our the people supporting it guess how long it would take down to the second and then whoever got the closest would win this like $3,000 prize pack with like a new Hoyt bow and uh, several other prizes. And then anybody else that made a donation to the NWTF would get an NWTF membership, a Bass Pro gift card, and chances at all the other raffles. So 
again, our, our, our focus of this whole trip was to raise money for conservation, hunter recruitment, um, and the support of the NWTF. And, um, and so, man, that we were just, we were just blown away with how, how successful it really was. And, um, and so once we started promoting that and, this this week was kind of when all the seasons overlapped for the first time, which was uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays when we went on the trip. And um, we started in Alabama first morning, opening morning, and the clock starts when the first gunshot goes off. So uh, thankfully, we we had a few busted hunts off the roost. The the camera guy and the the guy that was calling with John could have um, could have shot him, but John was behind the gun and he couldn't uh, couldn't turn on him. And so we had a, a, a tough little morning. It was it was 9.03 before we finally got on a bird that Tuesday morning um, that would work and, and and was able to kill that bird. And then, you know, the clock's counting now. So we, we rushed. We barely get a photo. We take uh, – everybody hops on, on the plane, and uh, we're headed to Florida. So we land in Florida, and, and we, we meet up with our uh, the guy that was letting us hunt his property down there. And a cool little spot. Um, it, was, it was really only a 40 acre piece, but kind of like a sanctuary where this guy just, he, he only hunts it for one bird a year and keeps it pretty, uh, well managed and not pressured. We pull in the gate and, uh, and he says that a strutter was just out in the field. And, um, so anyways, we, we get set up and had a couple close calls. We set up some decoys and, and kind of same deal, man, that a, a bird was coming towards the little blind they had set up and, and then just kind of hung up outside the decoys and, and looked at them for a little while and then didn't even come in. And, um, and so we were kind of bummed. It was getting down to about roost. I think we had 30 minutes left and, and thankfully these two long beards came out and, um, and got, got John actually had to get up and get out of the blind because they still didn't get quite in range and they were headed to roost and he had to put a little bit of a stalk on them to, to get it done. But, um, but was able to kill the Osceola, we hop on the plane and we head to Kansas. We get there at like 2 a.m. Um, just enough to, we had a hotel room, we got, we got a hotel room booked, got in the shower, turned around, put our clothes back on and, and headed to the field. And, uh, man, the, the guy that, uh, Casey that had us set up in Kansas, he had, he put in the work. He had, he had found some birds the day before and, and roosted them for us. And, um, and when we woke up the next morning, um, you know, he had, he had the perfect game plan. So we, he set us up and that hunt was just textbook. It was perfect. Two birds and, um, came strutting in. And I think, you know, the first 10 minutes off the limb was able to kill the Rio and, and man, it, it really just goes to show you that it's just such a feat, you know, it's, it's so challenging that it takes so many people involved and in helping out. I mean, there was, you know, 20, 30 people in this whole project that, that put in some serious time to help, help make it happen and, and ultimately help raise the money we did for the NWTF. And, um, and so when we kill that bird, we're thinking, all right, we're, you know, we're sitting good. We're, we're not even, we, when we, we head to South Dakota, we go, we're in the Badlands and, um, we land there and it's like, we're, we're 21 hours in or, or something like that. And then it's like, this is, this isn't bad at all. We've got, you know, we've got all day to, to meet our 36 hour or thing and, uh, goal. And the guy there says, um, you know, puts us on this property. There's some birds here soon as we get out of the truck we hear birds gobbling and we're thinking we got it in the bag and it just goes to show you man turkey hunting will humble you because <laughs> we spent yes, it will. the next like like eight hours or however long it was chasing birds we were on, on birds pretty much all day 
and we just couldn't kill them. I mean, everything that went wrong, could have went wrong, did go wrong. And, um, and so we're, we're frustrated, you know, it's getting down to, um, you know, really the, I guess, you know, we, we basically chased them all evening. We got on, just kept getting on different birds and just couldn't make it happen for other, some, some reason or another. And, um, and you know, the 36 hour pull ran out at, at literally at, at shooting light. So at seven thirty that night, so we didn't hit our goal. We're, you know, John and I are actually walking back to the truck where the other, the camera guys are, and we're frustrated. We, you know, we were on a bird all the way there to the last second before we flew up to roost. And, um, and so we're just, you know, we're defeated almost. And, and like I said, it'll just, it'll humble you. So we were, we were exhausted. John's the pilot on the trip too. So, you know, he really hadn't slept at all. And, um, you know, we, we'd skipped lunch the past two days. So we're, we're, we're running on E and, and we're whooped. And so, we uh we get back to the car and and the guys in the truck you know they they didn't hear a shoot or anything so they're like well guys there's good news and we're like what's that we're we're just done and um they're like you know since we killed at 903 how the math adds up to us being on mountain time now we're gonna have like 20 minutes to 30 minutes in the morning after fly down to still be under 46 hours which is the current you know the, the the previous record so um so we, you know, that was a little bit of hope. We're like, man, tomorrow's got to be textbook perfect, um, or you know, we're just not going to get the record, which would be fine. You know, it was an incredible trip, but after all that work and planning and and time invested, we uh, we really wanted to to try to set the record. So we get up the next morning, and man, it was really just a blessing. It was, you know, the 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 that hunt was so perfect. Um, birds flew down just a little bit early with the clear skies called to him graham one of our really good buddies that was an incredible caller he couldn't he had wet clothes he couldn't hunt that morning so i was actually calling that morning and and that bird we man it was unreal it's probably 20 gobblers in the area and one pitch down full strut across the field to to us um we went instagram live for the whole hunt we had a couple hundred people kind of cheering us on and john made the shot with i think i think it was eight minutes left before the 46 hour mark um and just got the whole whole thing on film most perfect hunt with a sunset coming in the background and and man really the 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 takeaway from that was we we were down we were defeated and and just being you know a a believer that you know we were to the point of like to try to get the 36 hour mark we had told the film guys just to you know just to stay at the blind or go back to the truck we just got it you know we're just going to go kill a turkey we're going to ambush one and so you know, it got to that low point to where, you know, really our vision was, was taken off the bigger picture and we were just trying to get the record done. And, um, and so kind of reflecting on this, it's like, you know, really God's got a bigger plan. And the way that he laid it out that next day for us was just couldn't have been any more perfect. And, you know, you just got to trust in that process. If it's meant to be, it's going to happen and happen in his time. And, and so, uh, for us, man, even though we didn't hit our 36-hour goal, yes, we, we were able to barely break the, the record. And, and John now technically holds the, you know, the, the world record for the fastest Grand Slam. And um, we're going to um, we're gonna draw this in in three days and on Wednesday for the for the prizes. And so far we've raised, I think, about $25,000 uh, for the NWTF. And, um, and so, man, all in all, it was an incredible trip, one of the you know, best trips I've been on in my life. And um, and just really cool how we're going to be able to kind of make a big donation through all the people that supported the trip to the NWTF. Dude, that is such a cool, I'll bet that was the most wild experience 
as a turkey <laughs> hunter, getting to see four birds die like that in, you know, four. What was it? Forty? Did you say forty-four hours or something like that, or forty-five hours? Yeah, forty-five and some change. You know, right, just under forty-six. I mean, that is. I'll bet that was wild. Like. And, and getting to travel all that and just grind it out, you know. So, I, logistically speaking, you said that he, the, the guy that was hunting was also the pilot. Is that is that what I heard? Yeah, so John's, you know, John's an incredible pilot. He's got, man, I don't know how many hours, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 hours piloting. and just really good pilot. And um, and so he's, you know, he has his own plane and, uh, and that, you know, that made it possible to do this. It'd be really hard if, if you're not flying private. And, um, and so that was, uh, that was cool too, you know, that he's the pilot and also the hunter. And, um, but, but again, it just really kind of goes down to, it takes such a big team all the way from our, our dev team that had the website functioning and where people can make guesses and, um, all the way to the guides that were helping us put in the work to kind of make sure we had birds located. I mean, just, just really cool effort when everybody came together and uh, to make it happen. I saw you post a picture that was probably, and I've seen some pretty kick butt turkey hunting pictures, and this was probably the coolest. Is when you had all four of those birds lined up together in the same shot after that time period, and it was just like, holy cow! I mean, you got uh, <laughs> you got your Eastern, you got your Osceola. You got your Rio and your Merriam all right there in the same picture. I mean, that is that is freaking wild, dude. That is so cool. Um, and so you just it was neat, man. So so <laughs> y'all are traveling in this. Obviously, it's a private a private plane, uh, and just load like literally shooting a bird, loading them up, and then leaving. Is that is that is, is it as like fast paced as it sounds? <laughs> it is, man. It was. It was crazy. I mean, um, you know, we're running and gunning and we're like the, the whole South Dakota trip. I, I left my boots in the plane. Like I'm hunting out of Crocs the whole day. I mean, we just, we're leaving stuff everywhere. I mean, there's, there's stuff left in Florida, stuff left in Kansas. Like <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a madhouse. We, we le- even left some extra shells in, in Alabama that we forgot to grab. Like it was, uh, those are in high demand. It was, these it was days crazy. Too. <laughs> you can't just find those no at doubt. Walmart anymore. Oh man, that is so cool. That is that's a such a fun a fun hunt, I'm sure. And uh man, I know John, I'm sure he was he was fired up, but but this is uh this is cool and this is why I wanted to start with with that story because while you guys did it and y'all had a ton of support and you're obviously working with a guy uh who is who's one of your investors who um you know, and not not saying this in any any negative way at all, but money really isn't an option. Uh, or isn't yeah. like a isn't like a a worry necessarily for him. So you were able to work it out pretty well with him. But that is something that I mean, if anybody wanted to go out and try to do something similar to go out and and complete a slam like that, um, it is very much possible for anybody to do that through your platform. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that seems like if if a guy has the right resources, um, has a good place to hunt you know, another type of animal, you could swap that. And it's not unlikely that, that you would be able to find somebody that where you could do a slam like that. Maybe not that fast, but, um, I mean, explain exactly. that a little bit. You can kind of give a little bit of a, little bit of a background of trips for trade and just what y'all are, uh, are all about. 
Yeah, so I mean, exactly. John John is very very well off, and John John funded this whole trip. You know, he had a huge expense in this with plane fuel and the camera crew, and um, and just you know all that really went into the to, to making this possible um, for the production side of things. Um, but but yeah, we we didn't pay any outfitter. All of those were swaps, and so a hundred percent. That was kind of the concept. Is you know, was, I, I pretty much handled all the logistics on this, and. Um, and really wanted to kind of show the uh, show people that look, you don't have to pay ten grand to go complete your grand slam. You know, if you've got a beach condo or um, some hunting property or a fishing boat, you can swap trips and um, and save thousands of dollars to do this. I mean, the hunts the hunts were free in the situation because John swapped swapped some trips for it. And um, and man, that's that's really the the core concept behind trips for trade and. Um, and what we were really trying to trying to promote on that end of this deal, and 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 it started kind of you know we mentioned my grandfather earlier. My story and and how this got kicked off was um, when I was in middle school. My grandfather, it, it, it's a full circle on the Grand Slam, man. My grandfather was about to finish his slam. I think he I think he's going to get a Rio or a Miriam. I can't even remember now. But um, you know I was young and I was like, Grand, can I please go with you? And um, he's like, No, when you get to college, we'll start yours. Well. My, uh, I think what he's really saying is a boys' trip, and he didn't want me telling my grandmother what you know what all went on on the boys' trip. <laughs> they, uh, they went on, and he finished the Grand Slam, and uh, and mounted them in our camp. And I always, you know, always looked forward to, uh, to doing that. And well, my my senior year, he got sick, and then my freshman year of college, he passed away, and and that was the toughest thing I'd been through, man. That was my best friend, first family member I'd lost, and um, so my dad was like, you know, why don't you and I start your Grand Slam in memory of him, and I was like, you know, that'd be awesome. He's like, find some outfitters and, and try to line it up. Well, when finding outfitters, I realized this was about to be a very expensive little deal to to go on these trips with my dad. And, you know, it really just didn't make sense for us. You know, just just an average family, not, you know, not living above means. And um, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to spend spend that kind of money on these hunts right now. And, um, and I was like, but, you know, why not swap a trip? And, you know, we've, again, been very blessed with some property in West Africa. Alabama and uh, got really good turkey hunting and and we already share it with so many people and my grandfather's really been doing swaps my whole life just with friends of friends and um like you know why not trade a trip so I found a guy on social media and he had posted a picture of a bunch of Miriam turkeys in Colorado and I said hey uh you know we've got good eastern hunting would you like to swap and he said you know I'm not not interested in turkey hunting but I hear y'all have hogs in Alabama could um could me and my son come shoot our first hogs and you know, I was like, basically, we, we'll pay you to come hog hunting. They're, they're a nuisance to us. People, people don't understand and, that, man. They don't get it. They're like, man, y'all got hogs? That sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a it is a problem here. So they came and had a great time, and they killed their first hogs. And then my dad and I went out there to kind of start my grand slam. And, um, and at the same time, I was going through business school in Alabama. I kind of had several entrepreneurial ideas and 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 really just kind of struck a struck an idea on that trip of like you know this could really be a business like did the due diligence there was only a few forums out there that really didn't have any credibility to them and um it's like you know we could build something that has that credibility piece that um allows people to really fully understand what they're getting into before they trade and have profiles and listings and kind of had this whole vision of what it could be and um and then really it's like you know what's our core differentiator and um, one of that was expanding into different categories. So letting people that 
might not have hunting or fishing, but might have a beach condo or lake house or sports tickets or skiing or, you know, any other kind of experience. They could swap that for the, the hunting trip or fishing trip they want to go on. And, and so we built trips for trade and kind of got the, the proof of concept out there. And, and, and I guess 2017 was when we launched it. And I was able to finish my grand slam by swapping with a few people on the website. And, um, and man, that was just, that was really neat. You know, something that was the number one thing on my bucket list that could have cost me probably 10 plus thousand dollars um, you know, did it and was able to make friendships and build relationships that are going to last a lifetime with these guys. And, um, and just knew that kind of put a smile on my grandfather's face, you know, it was, um, it was something that, that meant a lot. So yeah, that kind of bring it full circle. This, this trip was, was really a big scale of that. The Grand Slam is kind of the core of what we do. Yeah. We have so many other trips and so many other experiences, but turkey hunting is, is probably our main trips on the side. And, I believe we've got turkey hunts in uh, 37, 38 states now. Hopefully we'll have all of them in the next year. And, um, you know, if you're trying to get a grand slam or you're trying to get a world slam or a super slam, any of the slams, um, you know, we're, we're really just want to be a great resource for that to help you do it and, and do it more affordably. That's so cool. It's such a great idea. And I remember the first time you, you told it to me, um, how, I mean, I was like, man, that is a great idea. There's no way that this isn't going to work. I know. So like for me, I do, I do graphic design and, uh, like website design stuff on, uh, kind of on the side, you know, and it, it's worked out. I mean, I've gotten, geez, like three different deer mounts done because I did graphic work and video work for my taxidermist Yeah, and just trading that kind of stuff out. I mean, it is literally, it's kind of like the core. It's, I feel like, just as human beings, that's, that's how we're, we're kind of wired. Like, um, you know, back, back early on before there was currencies, it was trading, it was bartering, you know, that's pretty much what people yep. did because I, I may have a resource that you don't have and it's something that you might need. And it's just such a neat idea when you use that in terms of hunting, because there's, it's so easy for us to think like, man, I'm, t- I'm tired of hunting whitetail deer. I want to go and hunt elk one day that would just be a dream trip i've killed my fair share of deer of whitetails i'd love to go hunt elk one day well there's somebody out west thinking man i've killed a lot of elk i'd love to go out there and kill one of those whitetails well what you have done is you've created a a a way for those people to cross paths and it's just it's just amazing to me i mean tell me tell me when when slay did you start trips for trade and uh kind of how long how long have you been doing it and maybe if you're if you're able to i know in businesses and stuff it's not always a a common thing to tell a whole lot of plans for the future but if you're able to tell us a little bit about some of the things you have coming in the future that'd be great as well yeah man and first of all just thank you for the kind words there i mean it's it's something just obviously as you can probably tell with with the deep roots of my grandfather and and kind of the passion for turkey hunting it's it's something i'm i'm just super passionate about and no and secretly dude secretly being able to just see the secretly i'm pissed off because i wish i would have thought of this idea like it's one of the <laughs> it's one of those type things where you're like that is so freaking simple why didn't i think of that you know it, it's you have those every once in a while you'll see somebody with an invention or a business you're like my god i should have come up with that in third grade you know like it's so simple and it's so good yeah. and it it just works Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I interrupted you. I appreciate that, man. 
no no it's good um yeah it's it's an age-old concept for sure and uh we just tried we found some ways that we could improve and and we felt like the credibility piece and the accountability piece were, were two aspects lacking from anything out there and um and so that's that's stuff that we're just constantly adding to and uh kind of expanding our network but um but yeah man I, I guess 2017 was the official filing of the llc i mean it's been a it's been a concept for for you know really dating back to you know 2012 2013 or so just with with before i even knew i really wanted it to be a business it was just like well that's something kind of cool that could be something one day and um but yeah 2017 we launched the, the official company we had put the proof of concept out there kind of our mvp and um had about 50 or so buddies on there that from around the country and connected some of them and and so awesome success there and um we put it into at the time like i said I was going through grad school and put it through a, a business pitch competition and a few of them actually and we ended up the last one we did, we, we won the grand prize there, which came with um, about, I think, $60,000 in non-dilutive funding and office space and a mentorship. And, and man, that really kind of jump-started us. We were able to start our investment round, raise some money, and um, and try to take it to the next level. And, and, and since then, we've we've expanded to – we've got trips in all 50 states and um, 12 different countries. And, um, and man, just I think we've – we we did the numbers. It's hard to really know exactly how many trips have taken place because, you know, we let, we, we encourage people to connect through the phone and, and talk to them. And a lot of people don't follow back up as, as we wish with this, the, the, the reviews and the surveys, but, um, but we know that we've connected at least a thousand different trips. Um, and so that's, that's just really neat, man. It's, it's something that's, that, that, that means a lot to me, but, um, but you're asking about kind of plans for the future. I mean, one COVID COVID hit us pretty hard. It wasn't the best time to be in the travel industry, and uh, thankfully the the outdoor industry jumped back quicker than anything else in travel space. So yeah. um, we we kind of saw things kind of get back to normal on the individual member side. We run off of a membership model to kind of vet people and make sure they're serious about trading and um, and not have to charge any transaction fees or anything. And so. We uh, we saw that kind of get back on the individual level, but we had big plans for kind of a corporate model and uh, kind of as a benefit to different employees at these organizations, and um, and that COVID really put a stop on that. And so one of our big plans for uh, for this year, the, the kind of the back half, is um, we're about to launch a, a, actually a sister website, uh, and, and can't can't go into too much detail yet till we put it out there, but. Uh, but essentially, it, the the core goal of it is to help these non to help nonprofits. Like we've we've got access to tons of trips, and and a lot of these nonprofits use them in their uh, in their auctions and their live auctions, and um, and we've just kind of got a got a little different twist that we think we can help these nonprofits recover from the the effects of COVID, and um, and really give them a, an incredible fundraising tool going forward, and. Um, and again, that was kind of another another aspect of making this this previous Grand Slam trip, uh, um, you know, a, a nonprofit supporting deal for the NWTF. It's, again, it's just something that supporting these for me personally, these conservation groups like NWTF and Ducks Unlimited, and um, and just these guys that are that are saving kind of the hunting heritage um, is is a passion project for me. And um, like I said, we're we're working on a, on, on a, a sister company that's going to pair you know, hand in hand with the trips for trade website. And, um, and basically, yeah, that's, that's kind of one of our big reveals that we're working on for this year. That'll be cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. 
Um, I know a lot of people are probably who are listening at this point. They're thinking, how could I, how could I take advantage of that service? And, and I'm, I'm really curious to know this. You mentioned that you have memberships and, uh, it's pretty affordable. It's not expensive from what I've seen. And I want to know how you, number one, do you know, do you know like what the success rate is? Obviously it's hunting and nothing is 100% guaranteed. Um, but what is your, if you know it, what your success rate is as far as like animals killed, like actually having success on a swap. And also how do you go about vetting, uh, these people? Cause I know if I'm thinking of my resource, I would like a re- to swap with a resource that's as good or better than mine to, you know, at least make sure that it's worth what I'm going to be swapping out. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm curious to know how you, yeah. how you guys, uh, vet that process. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was something that, you know, we put a lot of thought into is, is trying to bring credibility to our members. And, and we've got a lot more to come. We've got a, a whole new platform that we've been building for a year now that we're, we're hoping to launch before too long. That's going to add more features, but, um, but right now, one, the membership model right out the gate is a, is a barrier. It's a, it's a way to make sure that people aren't just on a whim going to say, Hey, I'll throw this, you know, little sentence on a, a forum and say, I'm willing to swap. You know, it's, you got to create a profile, you got to pay a membership and, um, and you're now you're part of our community and that, that, that vets people, uh, uh, the first kind of level. Secondly is, you know, you're adding a detailed listing that has photos, descriptions, uh, ratings, reviews. Um, it allows somebody to really know what the expectations are on the trip. Um, another thing is, like I said, we encourage people to connect on the phone and talk and, and hear the other person's voice, make sure that's matching what their listing says. And if something feels off, then there's, you know, there's no harm, no foul. You, you don't have to go through with the trade. Just never, you know, never agree on the finer details and, um, and pass on it. But, um, but hearing that other person's voice and, and being able to kind of compare that to what they they put on our website and us kind of being the third party that can help keep people accountable there um, helps. And then we have what's called a member trade agreement, which is uh, a legal document, a binding document that um, is optional. Uh, we really find most people don't even use it, but it's there if you need it to kind of make this a business contract um, to make sure everybody holds up their end of the deal and and, and everything's clearly stated about what you have and what you're trading. So, um, you know, so we try to add as many different ways. We, we plan on the future to have uh, accountability deposit. If people and that's optional, we plan to have, um, you know, where you can view social media. You can um, even do a background check if you want to. Like, there's more stuff to come. Um, but right now what we found is it's really neat, man. This community is, is kind of tight-knit. When you find like-minded people that, um, that are – that are passionate about the outdoors, especially it seems like uh, for the most part, there'll be a few bad apples in the group, but for the most part, people want to make sure that they treat people well. And, um, and the kind of the golden rule of, you know, doing others, if you had them doing to you, that's, that applies. And, um, you know, you take care of somebody they're they're going to want to take care of you in exchange. And, and what we've seen on the value side, man, you mentioned, you know, wanting to swap for something that's, that's just as good, if not better, you know, a lot of times value is so subjective that, um, you know, I've swapped the hog hunts here in Alabama for mule deer hunts out West. And, you know, there's a three, four or $5,000 difference there, but to them, you know, they've never, never hog hunted before. And, um, and, and really just the full 
uh, kind of experience that, that we would give on our trip with, with just accommodating them and showing them the kind of the Southern hospitality, if you will, that, you know, that, that makes up that difference there. And, and we've done back to back swaps in multiple years now because, um, because, you know, they just had a great experience. So what we've seen, man, is, is value. We don't even put a, a price on the trips for that reason, because what people are looking for is a great experience at the end of the day, whether they kill an animal or not. Um, if they know that you're working your butt off to make sure that they have a good experience and, and you put them in a position to have success, then they're going to leave a five-star review and, and, and be very happy with that trip. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat, man. And, and like what you said, it's, it is so subjective. Like I know guys out West kind of don't really care much for antelope because they're everywhere but guys down here yeah. like man i'd love to go kill an antelope you know that, that sounds like a blast to go kill an antelope i think they put the tags on it like an antelope doe is like 34 dollars in wyoming or something like that for a non-resident like it's just <laughs> it's just so cheap like you can't even kill raccoons that cheap out here as a non-resident you know <laughs> and uh and so you're right it is it is definitely depending on that situation and um I'm, I'm, I want to know, we have a lot of, most of our listeners really, I'm sure our listener base is very much involved in the public land world. Is there, is there any opportunities for like guiding services or anything like that on public land that you can swap out as well on Trips for Trade? Absolutely. But, you know, you got to be a little bit careful on the guiding side. We, you know, our guys are more, more so host than guide. You know, yeah, we have some outfitters on here. I would say kind of our demographic of, of members is probably 40% outfitters, 40% private. And then, you know, the remaining is, is public. I mean, we've got guys that are really good, like yourself, man, you know, have, have success, have put in the work and know the spots and, um, and are more than willing to take somebody along with them and show them the ropes. And, and that in itself is very valuable. So, you know, think of somebody who want to do a DIY elk hunt out West uh, you know, the success rate is going to be lower than going to a private outfitter, but, but you're still, if you can find somebody out there, that's like, man, I've, you know, we've been hunting here for 10 years and, you know, I can almost guarantee you, we're going to, we're going to see some bull and, um, and you'll have a good trip. And like that, that is a value to somebody versus, you know, they put in basically 10 years of legwork for you to, to try to help you have a, a great experience. So, so yeah, there's a ton of opportunity there for public land. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a, and there, there's there's opportunity to swap public for private as well. I mean, we we've, we've got guys in Arkansas duck hunting that have have swapped for Osceola turkey hunting in Florida, and um, you know all kind of other things. But um, but yeah, like you like you said, I mean, for the public land folks, that is uh, if you, if you if you've got knowledge, that is of value, and, and people will trade for it. That's that's really cool. You said you've got about a thousand or somewhere around a thousand swaps that have happened now. As far and you may not have this, you may have skipped past it on purpose. But as far as like a success rate of the swap, do you happen to have that number? We don't, man. As mentioned, it's kind of tough to um, to get the the trip outcome of every trip. So you know, people, almost everybody doesn't like to fill out a review when they get one. And so what we do when we connect people, we kind of lose that point of contact. That's something that on our new website we're, we're going to try to try to keep people on the platform a little bit longer and, and have some automated follow-ups and all. But, um, but yeah, what we, when we connect them, we, we send over, like, if you're interested, it, and then it comes with contact information and phone number and, 
and almost everybody hops on a phone call real quick and and tries to work out the details and um and and you know so we're we follow up with them and the ones that respond and let us know the dates and and their trip and if they send us photos and, and leave a review then uh, then obviously we know about those trips. But to answer your question, no, we do not have a success rate out of all of those trips. I can't tell you of the trips that we do know about that it is very high. Um, you know, I think our worst experience that we've got feedback on so far um, is a guy in Alabama was swapping for a hunt in Florida, a deer hunt for a turkey hunt, and um, he'd already hosted for the deer hunt. The guy came up from Florida with his son. His son killed his first buck, and what uh, wasn't a big buck but it was you know his first year and he was he was fired up about it and um well that guy went down to florida and i think the uh the guy in florida had already made th- three or four swaps with us he, he's done several successful swaps and um when the guy from alabama got there he took a buddy with him and um and the guy had said that his landowners had restricted access to some of the farms and so um and so he only had one farm that was pretty small, like 20 or 40 acres or something that uh, was available. And so being from Alabama, you're used to covering a lot of ground when you turkey hunt. I think there was just, there was some bad communication there that led to a little bit of disappointment. Well, the guy ended up, the main guy had to, ended up leaving and I think his wife had some, uh, something going on in the hospital and he had to leave and, and was kind of frustrated and like, man, I you know thought we were going to have access to more ground and, well, his buddy stayed, and that afternoon he killed his uh, Osceola and finished his Grand Slam. So, Holy cow. Um, you know, it's kind of, it, the guy's kind of been kicking himself for not, you know, not being able to stay through the evening because I think multiple birds came in and, um, and you know, they could have doubled up. So, it's, uh, you know, it, that that's the closest thing. But what we tell everybody, kind of learning experience from that is, is just be very transparent. You know, really ask the questions on the front end, and as long as um, as long as you kind of meet expectations, then the experience is going to match and, and it's going to be great. Yeah, for sure. That that's uh, that, and, and I think that's important too for guys listening to this who may have something, you know, that they they could potentially be interested in in swapping. You know, having that that type of security and and I I, I would vouch for for you as a as a business as the business owner and the guy who founded it and um, guys, I'm telling you, if you listen to this, you're not going to meet a nicer, more upstanding guy than Slade. I haven't met a whole lot of other guys on the team, but uh, I can tell you that Slade is top notch, and he's not going—he's not trying to cheat you out of your money. And this is a—it's a real deal, and it's uh its really cool. But man, we are getting up on uh, close to an hour of talking, and I'll be honest with you, man, I was. Anytime, anytime we talk to somebody who is promoting something like this, it can kind of be, it can be a little bit difficult. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to feel like I'm like somebody wasted their time just listening to a big long commercial, but that, that was such a good conversation. And I think it, I think it showed obviously, I mean, the freaking slam that y'all did in 45 hours, that's, that's cool as heck, but talking about trips for trade and, and everything that you guys have going on, I really do believe that it could be beneficial to somebody listening to this and uh, could help people's dreams come true. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to die with dreams. I want to die with memories. And you have a great platform for people, average people with resources to be able to go out and do that. So, Slade, if you can, 
Can you tell us a little bit, if somebody is interested in learning more about how to get involved with Trips for Trade or maybe even start doing some swapping, where can they go to and how can they do that? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that and, and, and just I agree with you. There's It's something that we just want to add value and we've got a few different ways to do that with the memberships and, and just saying try it out. I mean, if, if you find one swap in a couple years, even a couple years, two or three years, you're still going to save tremendously more than it would cost to say pay an outfitter so you know we know we can add value in that area and uh and we just love to help you out so the website's tripsfortrade.com that's the number four uh check that out you can look through all our trips filter them based on what you're interested in filter them based on what you have um and then it once you figure out it's something you want to do or then you, you, you go on and select the membership for you whether that's monthly annually or a premium membership that we have and um, and yeah, if you have any questions, my email is slade at tripsfortrade.com and that's the number four and happy to, uh, to answer any questions you have and kind of be a resource. And, um, and man too, if what one thing with this, if y'all want to kind of learn more about the slam we just did and how that, how that worked, we're, we're releasing a, um, a big, the, kind of the full production video for that. I think the date right now is May the 2nd. Uh, for that video and that's going to be on john's youtube channel at john casimus uh, so y'all check that out and um i think uh, i think you'll enjoy the the kind of the highs and the lows of the trip and uh and what it turned into and and kind of the bigger picture behind it so man happy to be on and, and super appreciative of it and um and like i said just happy to be a resource for anybody that that has any questions it's so cool man again dude we really appreciate you coming coming on the show and, uh, and sharing that, I think it'll be very valuable to some people. And so, guys, go check that out. Trips for Trade, go check it out. Uh, it's it's such a, it's a real, I'll tell you this, it's a really well-made website. I was talking to somebody the other day who kind of just heard me talk about it in passing. And they went and looked at the website and texted me later. And they're like, holy cow, that is clean. That is really easy <laughs> to navigate. And in the hunting space, finding a clean website is extremely difficult <laughs> like most of the forums are just messy and like you can't find your way around anything it looks like it was made in 1994 and uh <laughs> and you guys have done a, an ex a excellent job with that and so uh i do appreciate, well, I appreciate you that, man. i appreciate you coming on the show man and go kill some more turkeys i need to i need to <laughs> live vicariously because somebody like I, I just ain't I ain't doing it right now, and uh, and it's it's kind of depressing. Um, I think I put on I put on Facebook on a post yesterday or day before that uh, a picture of me after we had just busted a bird in a field in Tennessee, and I was, was like depressed. I was like so mad at myself, and I said uh, on the catch, and I said Alexa, play um, uh. What is it? What's that George Jones song? Uh, every time I wind up, all the time I wind up loser or something like that. Alexa, play. <laughs> I, al I always wind up loser by George Jones. <laughs> and that, that's how I felt, man. It's funny, dude. It is, it is so funny with turkeys how, like, I've killed two. So a lot of people, I ain't killed one this year. I've killed two. And, like, you go a couple of weeks without killing one, you're like, I just, I'm suck. I'm just bad at this, you know? Yeah. And it can change in a man, moment. It, yeah, it'll, it'll humble you, man. That's the thing. It's it's so much fun. There's so much strategy that goes into it. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a humbling, uh, it's a humbling activity. And, and that's one of the things that I love so much about it. That's awesome, dude. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you again. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. 
go check out Trips for Trade. Um, it's great stuff. As you can tell, Slade's a good dude and uh, got a really good vision behind it, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So, uh, man, have a good night, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Parker, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, thank you again so much for listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We will be back with you next week for another awesome episode about turkey hunting. I hope you guys enjoyed that with Slade. I know I did. And uh, hearing the story of that slam, the world record slam, and uh, pretty everything, trip for trade, it's just such a great episode. I'm super excited about how that turned out. I can tell you this, Slade is a good dude. He's not going to try to cheat people. He's not in this for money. He's in this for you guys. And if you have that resource, if you have something that you feel like you could swap, go and check out Trips for Trade. And uh, and make your dreams come true, man. Dive with memories and not dreams. That's what uh, somebody told me. I don't, I don't really remember who told me that, but they were a smart person, whoever it was. So, uh, yep, thanks again to our, our partners for uh, supporting us and really helping this dream of Southern Ground Hunting come true for me. I really appreciate all of them. That's ScreeGear.com. TetheredNation.com, NewCanoe.com, and SpartanForge.ai. Those guys are all awesome. Would not even consider having them be a part of the Southern Ground family if I didn't 100% believe in the things that they do. So uh, you may not trust me, but I can tell you they are great companies, great, full of great people and great products. So go and check all those companies out. They support us, and, uh, and we're so grateful. We're also super grateful for each and every one of you guys for your support of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm really excited about the future. I've got some really cool things that I'm going to be sharing with you guys here very shortly in the in the coming, uh, probably the coming months. Uh, some, some big changes that are going to be happening that I am ultra excited about. It's going to be really cool. And uh, so, yeah, appreciate you guys. Check us out on YouTube, Southern Ground Hunting. I'm going to put all of the <laughs> uneventful turkey hunts I've been having lately. But there's a, a couple good ones on there right now. You can check them out. Also got some deer hunts up there too, so uh, get you guys fired up for the deer season. You can check us out at uh, on Instagram, at Southern Ground Hunting, on Facebook, at Southern Ground Hunting. I'd greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys again. If you're going to be out in the woods chasing those pesky little peckerheads, remember this. God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>